to the uh, children's church. Um, I know I'm not the normal one to preach this morning. Everyone knows that. Uh, be in prayer for Pastor as he has. He's out at Community Baptist Church in Riverhead. Um, still trying to work out the process of uh, getting a pastor there and helping them stay in the right direction. So be in prayer for Pastor and Miss Julia as they're preaching out this morning. I know that wasn't the original intent. I think I was supposed to be there this Sunday. But just uh, after last week, Pastor met with some of the men and said, you know, I think I need to be there next week. And so we all said, go ahead and go. And I got the opportunity to preach this morning. So once again, thank you for letting me step in. I know I say that, and I think Rachel was telling me I'm a little redundant when I do that. So I apologize. But I really do appreciate uh, just the opportunity to preach. So that being said... Uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel number 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Uh, remembering with uh, Rachel, last year I had the opportunity to preach Thanksgiving time as well. Uh, but instead of, you know, in the, the big city here, uh, I got a chance to preach in Florissant, Colorado, a town of 100 people. And that's it. And you can you drove in and you saw everyone, the whole town. It was right there. It was it's pretty incredible. Uh, I have a friend up there who's the pastor of the church there, and he invited us to come out for Thanksgiving. So I had the opportunity to preach the midweek service, and it was just a blessing to to be there. I think I did preach a Thanksgiving type message then. However, uh, it's not the case for today. But it may draw into being thankful for the Lord. Uh, at the end and the conclusion. But let's go ahead and jump into it. First Samuel chapter 30. We're going to go ahead and read the first 20 verses. First Samuel chapter number 30. The first verse says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. And Ziklag had... had the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons, their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But... David encouraged himself in the Lord. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the six hundred men, that were with him and came to the brook Bezor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bezor. And they, they went on and, and 
we'll, we'll stop the reading for there for now. But you continue reading, you see that David and the men, they pursued and they were able to catch up with the Amalekites and the Lord uh, provided a man who was able to show them exactly where they were and they were able to find great victory and recover all. So we'll get into the message in just a moment, but I'd like to open a word of prayer just before we dig into the message. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this passage, Lord, and just the, how you've used it to work me over uh, the past week. Lord, I pray just, uh, Lord, as you promised your word would not return void, I pray that you would use me, Lord, to preach your word, and that it would be your word that would speak to the people here this morning, just that you would be honored and glorified through this time. It's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Everybody, well, almost everybody, loves a good surprise. Oh, it's your birthday. Maybe, sometime, maybe some of you have ever experienced this where you think everybody's forgotten it's your birthday. And then you come home at the end of a long day. And people are there waiting and they yell, Surprise! And it's exciting because then they, they, they're ready to, to celebrate with you the, your birthday. Or, But though everyone may enjoy a good surprise, not every surprise is good. Sometimes we encounter surprises in our life that are less than pleasant. The surprise of a family member who's passed away. I think pastors used it as an example over the past few weeks. Of you know, death is always a surprise, no matter no matter how long how sick the person's been or how old the person is, how long they've been struggling, death always comes as a, a surprise, and that's never a good surprise. It could be a surprise to hear that your boss comes to you and says, "Surprise." They're cutting our budget, and since you were the first one hired, or the last one hired, we have to cut somebody. That's a surprise, and it's not a good one. Or a surprise when your son, your daughter is outside, and they're having fun with their siblings, and they trip, and they fall, and they break an ankle, or they break an arm. That's a surprise, and that's not a fun one. Not all surprises are pleasant. And David and his men here in our, our passage, they've seen a lot of unpleasant surprises lately. I mean, David, the man of God, got the one chosen by God to become the next king of Israel, was being pursued by Saul. His father-in-law, the king, was pursuing him, trying to kill him. That's not a pleasant circumstance. And I can only imagine the, the first time that a javelin was thrown at him by Saul. It was a bit of a surprise, but not a pleasant one. Well, the, the nation that they were living with, David and these rejects that they were living with, the Philistines, they were, had joined them to go to battle, and the Philistines even had told them, no, go home, we don't want you to fight with us. And that was a surprise to David. They were rejected by those that had taken them in. And then they come home to this, as we read. They come to the place where they'd been living in Ziklag and the enemies to the south had invaded and taken everything. Everything was destroyed. They burnt down their houses. They took their family members captive. Their possessions were stolen away and they came home to nothing but rubble. 
That's a surprise. And not a good one. You know, lots of unexpected things like this happen to God's people. Well, unexpected things like this actually happen to people. I mean, that's, it wouldn't take me long or hard to persuade everyone of that, that there happen to be circumstances in everyone's life that are not pleasant and come as a surprise. David and his men were surprised by an unexpected circumstance. I mean, how often do we have circumstances like that as I went through that someone comes to you and you hear the, you get the phone call. The phone call rings, you pick it up, and then maybe it's a, a loved one saying, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Yeah, so-and-so just passed away. Those things are, are hard to deal with. And many unexpected circumstances, when they come, they, they darken the clouds of our mind. They, they're out of our control. There's nothing you can do to change them. And perhaps, you know, what ifs. But what ifs never change those circumstances. So what do you do? What do you do when those circumstances come? Well, oftentimes we can be even where David and his men were. You know, oftentimes these unexpected surprises, these unexpected, unfavorable circumstances come, and they can discourage us. Now, the, the word discourage isn't found in the passage, but when you see exactly what the men and what David were going through, that would be the word that fits. They were discouraged. The, the word discourage means to deprive of courage, to dishearten, to lose confidence, to, to just not know what to do. I mean, how many times do we go through discouraging circumstances? How, how am I supposed to pay this bill? How am I supposed to, to work when I'm injured like this? How am I supposed to cope or deal with the loss of a loved one like this. I mean, David and his men were going through this discouragement as well. I can only imagine the thoughts of the men saying, will I ever see my wife again? They didn't know that the enemy had only captured them. They just knew that they were gone. They came home to nothing, and so their imagination would be running wild of, my wife is gone. I hope she's okay. I hope she's still alive. My, my little boy, he's, he's gone. Is he okay? All my, my possessions, uh, how am I supposed to live without such and such? I had stored away so much just to be able to just survive. How, how am I supposed to live without a home? My house is destroyed. I don't even have a bed to sleep on anymore. And not only did they have their own internal conflict. But David himself even faced an external threat of the men saying, men, uh, his men, his, his soldiers, his warriors, so upset about their situation, they turn to David and say, it's his fault. He's the one that brought us here. He's the one that's in charge. Let's kill him. Meanwhile, David's already struggling with the same internal conflict, the same struggles of, of having family members that have been taken away and possessions that are gone. And then he's facing the external threat of men saying, let's kill him. Let, let's stone him. He's the reason this has happened. 
And what do we do when we're discouraged? Where do we turn? Where, where do you go from there? Well, the world has plenty of answers, but none good. The world can say, oh, just go out there and enjoy such substance. Go, 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 do, go to a drink. Go get a drink and drink it away. Or the drugs to, to, to numb the conscience and it'll be fine. Or you can, you see it out in the world, the, the, the relationships over and over and over to fill a hole that had been ripped out. Or even to say, well, just work hard. Just, just pick up a couple hours of work and, and you'll forget about that problem. I mean, how often do we see it around in our world when the problems that, the discouragement that people can't cope with, they eventually say to end it all. And they take their own life. We see it plenty of times that the, how the world can't cope with discouragement. But the, the fact is, we have an outlet that the world may not. The world does not. And that outlet is the same outlet, that same source of encouragement that David found. David didn't turn to any of the things that the world had. But it says, in the end of verse 6, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David was able to rest in the fact that he had a relationship with the God of this world, the God of the universe, the creator of him and everything there was. It didn't just end to say David encouraged himself, as the world would encourage you. Well, you just got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You just got to get over this. It wasn't just David encouraged himself, period. He had something to encourage himself in. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. And it wasn't just the Lord, his God. It was the Lord, his God. It wasn't just an encouragement, the fact that God existed. It wasn't just an encouragement that God was real, but that he had a relationship, a personal relationship with God. That though all the issues, they didn't disappear. They were still there. His family had still been taken away captive. His house was still burned up. There was still a discouraging situation surrounding him. But he was able to encourage himself in the Lord, his God. It's the only possible solution for us too. When discouraging situations come, when the family member falls sick, when, when the job is no longer there, or when the family member no longer is there, that we can encourage ourselves in the relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ. That the relationship that we can have personally, one-on-one with God. God promises that relationship. Romans 10.13 talks about how those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That you are saved from your sins forever. And that's the beginning of that promise. That God can save you from your sins. And when he does, he will be with you always. Hebrews 13.5 promises that he will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And Isaiah 26 tells us even that in the situations that as long as we have our minds stayed on him, that those that have their minds stayed on the Lord will be kept in perfect peace. That we can encourage ourselves in those difficult and troublesome circumstances if we have that relationship with God. 
where does that relationship begin? Well, I mean, we don't have that person standing here where we can speak with God one-on-one right here. He's not a physical person right here. But yet, we can speak with Him in prayer. And God is ever abiding as if He was standing right here that we can speak with Him and we can hear from Him in His Word. We can walk with Him every day. But for David, I want to make sure to emphasize the fact that it didn't just end there. It didn't end with David going in prayer to God and saying, and, and encouraging himself in the fact that he had a relationship personally with God. But that it continued in obedience to God. That David encouraged himself in the Lord, yes, and sought God, and sought God what to do next. He realized that God's presence, and he took one more step further into obedience. He sought the will of God. And David wanted to know what God would have him to do. It wasn't just a matter of the circumstances were there, and he said, okay, I can be all right, I can be happy, because I know God. It wasn't just enough to know God, to know God personally, but to obey what God would have him to do. And so he saw God's will. And with this knowledge of God's will, he obeyed and he went. You know, it's sometimes that can be the hardest thing to do in discouraging times. Yes, we can encourage ourselves in the fact that we know the Lord, but to obey him beyond that. You know, it, it would be easy to be hurting so bad after losing a loved one and to say, you know what, I just I can't go out today. I just I need to cope with the pain. And then on a Sunday you say the same thing. But you know what? That It's easy to, to say, I, I just won't go to church so I can cope with this pain. But that's exactly where you need to be to find that compassion, that relationship, that family that God has given us to deal with that. Or perhaps in the situation of, of losing your job or losing this source of income and you, you say, you know, money's tight and I'm just going to, to cope with it my way. And I know it's disobeying God, but I, I just won't tithe for a little while. Or, I, you know, I know I promised this last week in, in the missions conference that I would give this every week. But, I, I, you know, I, God will understand. But instead, that's where God wants to stretch our faith and to bless our faithfulness. And so though, though these unpleasant circumstances can come and we, we have a relationship with God, sometimes that is the hardest step. Is Yes, we can encourage ourselves that we have a personal relationship with God, but to continue on in obedience to God. Obedience will bring victory even in those discouraging times. And we see that if we continue in the story, that David went and he obeyed and he took the step and God even provided a circumstance of a man who had been tossed aside by the enemy. Then the man was able to show him where the enemy was. And David and his men were victorious and recovered all. I think we didn't get to that verse. Let's see if I can. Verse 19, or verse 18. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. 
And David took, and not just recovering all, verse 20, and David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before those other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. So not only did God bless his obedience in allowing him to recover all, but he recovered even spoil on top of that. So blessing beyond that. Victory came for David and his men because they encouraged themselves in the Lord a personal relationship and a personal walk with God, and they followed it through with obedience to God. Restoration can come to the obedient. God will always restore an obedient child back to a joyful place of service. God can go even beyond that restoration, or beyond with His restoration, that even though you've lost a loved one and you're hurting, but you obey God and read everyday life because of relationship with Him, you also can grow that closer relationship with your church family. I mean, we call it a church family for not just for the, the metaphorical purposes. This is a family. Or perhaps you've lost your job. And you know it's going to be hard to continue with that faith promise that you've given, saying, I'm going to give this each week for missions. But you go ahead and you obey God through that, and God grows your faith. And the next year comes around, and you can look back and say, wow, look at what God did in my life. And the next year comes around, and you can say, wow, God did so much, and I'm able to give more now. And God continues to grow your faith. Or perhaps... Those circumstances come, we're faced with a choice. Those circumstances will come. We all know that. We can all think of in our minds, and I'm I'm not always the best in in the word pictures and helping, but we all know those circumstances that come in your life, that have come in your life, where you can look back and you can see, man, I just let this defeat me. And we can look back and regret to say, man, I, if I had only done this or if I had only done that afterwards. Or you can look back and see the circumstances where you were discouraged and you obeyed God. And you rested in the promise that God was there and He knew what He was doing and He would bring you through. And He did. Those circumstances will continue to come as long as we live here on this earth. But the fact is that God is still the same. And that His Word is still the same. And that regardless of what circumstances come in our life, we can encourage ourselves in the Lord. We can endure discouraging times in life by seeking the face of God and obeying His Word. Time and time and time again, God will come through as He always has if we seek Him and obey His Word. So can I encourage you, even in the coming weeks, even through this season, the season can be the greatest time for some people to be thankful for what they have, but even as I've spoken with others, this time can be sometimes the loneliest when you don't have family, when you have friends, remembering the people who aren't there, or remembering the circumstances that were instead of the circumstances that are. When discouraging times come, can I encourage you to rest in that relationship that you have 
If you're saved, that's, that's something you will never lose. That's something that the world needs. And let me plug this in that we should be sharing to remind us what, what we learned during the missions conference, that we have our mission field here to share that with others. That if you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that's where it begins. But when you have that personal relationship with God, that he will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That even in the difficult and the, the troublesome circumstances, that you can have the joy that God gives you. It's incredible. But not only the fact that God does not leave you. The, the series that we've been going through, God hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. That God has given us everything in his word on where we can go forward from there. He's shown us how to obey him. And that victory, that encouragement in discouraging times can come from that relationship with him by resting in obedience to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this, your word, Lord, that it's a simple story, Lord, but a true event, Lord, of how men who loved you came to a discouraging time in their life, but saw great victory by resting in their relationship with you and by being obedient to you. God, I pray you take this word and that you would touch the hearts and lives of those here. Lord, if there be anyone here that does not know you as their personal Savior, does not have that personal relationship that they can rest in. Pray, Lord, that they would take care of that today. And I pray, Lord, you would help us to remember when those circumstances come to rest in you and to obey you. And we thank you, Lord, and we pray this in your holy and precious and wonderful name. And before we close the prayer, we'll just go ahead and open this time to a time of invitation. Maybe you're going through a circumstance like that even now. And you need to be reminded of how to endure it, how to go through it. Or perhaps you can think of someone you know who's going through a circumstance like that. And you've been reminded that they need that relationship with God.